When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Catherine Ryan. You're listening to Telling Everybody Everything. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Fred, for being here. I'm off on tour this evening to Bromley, then uh, Hastings, and then we're flying to Glasgow for the weekend, Fred. I can't bear to be away from my son for one minute of any day. A lot of you ask me, Catherine, how do you potty train that boy? Well, I'm staring at him. All the time. So I can tell when he needs to go to the loo. Bobby, your father, Fred, and I. Yes. He and I, Bobby, and I had red wine last night for the first time in a long time. Uh, Not too much red wine. I think I had a glass and a half. But I've just phased red wine out of my diet somehow. I really don't know. White wine used to be just for the day. But white wine has taken over. And that's really all I drink. And I thought to myself, what about red? What happened to red? So I had some of that. I'll tell you what happened to red wine. I woke up this morning not feeling my best. Only a glass and a half of red wine. I think it's something to do with the histamines. Who knows? I'll be doing some further investigations. But suffice to say, I was a little bit worse for wear. And you don't want to be that way with a nine-month-old son who is apparently Spanish and loves shaking a maraca. I was in a big hurry this morning to leave the house and get to an intralipid infusion appointment in central London. It really pains me that when people have difficulty conceiving, it's automatically thought that they have some infertility issue, especially in other countries. We're actually very lucky in the UK that they consider the whole picture, which as far as I know from friends, they really don't that much in Canada. I don't know about anywhere else. But in London, there are more than a few places that will actually look at doing intralipid infusions for people who have autoimmune response situations. Now, I am not pregnant, Fred. Don't panic. Fred is nine months old. I'm still breastfeeding him. I know you can get pregnant while breastfeeding, but the chances are very low. But I am looking to the future, looking to um, moderate, modulate my autoimmune response. So I want to place closer to me that I can get these intralipid infusions. I met with a new doctor, absolute love and respect to Mr. Shahata, who's a specialist in recurrent miscarriage. He helped us overcome my miscarriage thing in having Fred, but I was driving to Surrey all the time to see him and that's quite far from where I am. So I wanted to investigate some London doctors. I called an executive car service to collect me and it's tricky in the morning. I mean, it wasn't early morning, it wasn't rush hour. We'd been up for a while, it was after Fred's first nap. And the time said, oh, this executive car service is nine minutes away. I thought, oh, nine minutes is pushing it, but fine. 
I'm not ready anyhow. I'll play with Fred for a bit, get my shoes on, get my purse. It'll be fine. Nine minutes is fine. I played with Fred for seven minutes. I looked at my phone thinking, well, he'll be two minutes away now. But it had jumped to ten minutes. How can that even happen? So now we're looking at like at least 15 minutes total adjusted from the first time that I was told and that was just gonna be too long. I thought, I, you can't have an executive car service today, Catherine, you have to have regular car service. Cancel this one. You do not have 10 more minutes to wait, maybe even more if they tack more time onto that. And I received a notification that said, oh well, if you wanna cancel this, you're gonna have to pay the driver nine pounds for their time. What time? Uh, the time went backwards, if anything. This driver should be paying me for the backward. Now, I do not disparage paying nine pounds to a driver who's a very hardworking person. I was glad to pay it. But the whole principle of the thing, well, like, I didn't cancel because I changed my mind. I canceled because I was quoted nine minutes, and then seven minutes later, there were still 10 minutes remaining. The math doesn't math. Yeah, I had to get rid of him. Fred, I'm sorry you've been ejected from the podcast. He's at the age where he just, if he was babbling, that's one thing, but he wants to sit here and smash everything I give him and make all this noise. Guys, I don't know how you do it. If you are a parent or a guardian or a cool auntie who spends a lot of time with a child, you know, it's so treacherous now navigating. I don't want to use any words that offend anyone. It's like in today's society, you can be anything you want as long as what you are doesn't hurt someone else's feelings. So I would say if you're a mom, but then I know there are a lot of people that are like, I'm a stay at home dad and I have my son, or I look after my sister and I am a 17 year old boy. All right, whomever you are, all right? Please don't take this personally. Whomever you are, if you're in a position where you're looking after a dependent, then my heart goes out to you because I know that I am one of the luckiest people with one of the best jobs and I can afford a bunch of help if I so choose and I know that a lot of people don't have a choice and they have to work in a factory they go back when their baby's like three weeks old and that's it and some of those people are glad some of those people are like yeah my baby's happy in daycare it's the kind of baby who wants to be with his nana or whatever your position situation is with childcare, and you want to be at work I'm torn though like I love my job I feel very lucky but I also want to be with my son all the time. I just do. And I don't want to hire anyone else to do it. And I know that if I don't have him, then wherever he is, he's pissed off. He'll be crying downstairs. And I don't want him to do that ever. Like not even for one second. And I don't uh, feel sad for myself, but I feel sad for you guys. Because I know that some of you are away from your kids all day and you don't want to be. Or some of you wish you could have kids and everything else. This is why I don't know how anyone does anything. That's it. I think that's my point. I don't know how anyone achieves anything because I'm really great at achieving a thousand things. And I'm very lucky that I have a bunch of people helping me and I still feel like I'm messing it up. And I'm not using the F word because this week there is a sponsored part of the podcast that is uh, coming up soon and you're really going to love it. But because it's sponsored, I don't know if I can say the F word. So what I will say is, you're doing a great job. I see people uh, who don't get to do the job of their dreams. They work so that they can support their families. And they're wishing maybe that they could find the job of their dreams or they're wishing they could have the family of their dreams. And I feel like an a, a egregious person because I have both. But I still feel 
like it's a lot to balance sometimes. So however you're balancing it with your eight kids and your very difficult jobs, you're killing it. Well done. I hope that you're not hard on yourself because there are people who watch you and they're just like, what? How does she do that? And that people is me. There's one mother on Instagram. I mean, she exists in real life, but she's on social media. And I grew up with her and she's become something of a influencing mommy blogger, Christian icon for people. I don't really know. Like I'm 38, so I'm just on the cusp of knowing this language. I'm just a millennial, but the Gen Z language sometimes escapes me. I feel like I've used appropriate language for this job that is a brand new job in the world. She's living her dreams doing this job. She's like, this is my calling. I love it. But she's also a very busy stay-at-home homeschool mom to three kids. And she posts really inspirational um, workout videos, not about weight loss or anything else, but mostly about strength and movement and mental health through movement and just overall fitness and energy. It's great to watch. I really love watching it. But one of the things that she's super candid about is that her uh, skin, where she, her abdomen, like where she was pregnant, where she housed her three beautiful children that she loves so much, has not come back like exactly the way that it used to be. And she always posts, like really highlights that area. She's like, look at this, look at the skin that I have here. It's beautiful. This is how I grew my kids. And it's amazing to me because it does look beautiful and she's so strong. Like her body looks great. She has muscles and uh, most importantly, she can serve her family and look after her kids. And she's not ashamed at all about this loose skin that a lot of us have. I don't have it. My skin didn't do that at all. And I was liking her photos this morning as I do most mornings. And I rolled over in bed. Oh, this is a huge thing in our family. Bobby, da 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 da, sleeps in my bed again. Because I have moved Fred into his cot, I did this by purchasing the exact same duvet covers that I have. Oh gosh, I can already feel like a lot of you are going to be like, don't do that, Catherine. It's not safe, Catherine. And I appreciate your warnings, but I know my own child. Fred is very big and strong uh, and is not a risk in any type of bedding that I give him because of many factors. I sleep right next to him still. So I have a cot that is right next to the bed. And I knew that if I put him in that, he would know, he would smell a rat. He'd be like, this is not my mother's duvet. Because usually he sleeps on top of my duvet. I sleep under the duvet next to him. It's too hot for him under the duvet, obviously. But he's gotten to really love that luxury of sleeping on an amazing mattress and then on a duvet between a fort of pillows, like a fortress to keep him safe. I digress. I bought the same duvet cover for a single duvet, put that on, washed it in the same stuff I wash my uh, non-bio stuff in, and then I draped that over his cot and secured it so that it was fitted to the edges so it wasn't flopping all over. Do you get what I mean? I basically tucked it under the mattress so on top of his cot mattress there is a lovely duvet with the same duvet cover that he got used to in my bed. Tucked that all in to make it safe and secure, popped him in the crib, perfect. He doesn't seem to care or know that he's not in my bed. This has been successful for three nights. And for three nights, my current husband, the beautiful Bobby Kay, has been back in bed sleeping right next to me. And what do we do? Mostly Wordle. 
But I rolled over this morning. I said, look at this. This is an amazing image because she posted a throwback. Here's what I looked like in 2007. Here's what I look like now. I was living crazy in 2007, going out with my friends. I didn't have kids. And now I'm a mommy blogger. I'm working out. I'm fit. And I said, I love that she shows her midriff like this because so many women also have this skin after having babies that doesn't go back the way it used to be. And she's more beautiful than she ever was in 2007. I love this. And Bobby said, well, why don't you have that? And I said, well, I'm not really sure why. Like different people just genetically have different skin elasticity, I guess. And then he said, no, I know why it is. He said, I suppose um, you've kept some weight on after your pregnancy, which prevents that. What? Pardon me, Bobby K? I mean, God bless him. He just, I don't mind. And you know what? He's actually right. That's probably why I don't have skin like that. But he said, oh, yeah, yeah. Anyone who uh, keeps weight on probably doesn't get that, as you have cleverly done. I was like, great, fine. Not to mention this is after the evening of red wines. God love Bobby. He's a great guest on the podcast. But, you know, on the subject of skin, I thought I would speak about skincare today and have another incredible guest on the podcast today everyone's fan favorite is my sister Carrie. What some of you might not know is that Carrie is a licensed esthetician, esthetician. She deals in lasers and fillers and creams, I think. Not lasers. She doesn't do fillers, does she? I don't know. We'll call her up, find out what she does. Because I went to the zoo yesterday and I got a few messages from other zoo goers and they said, Catherine, I saw you at the zoo. I didn't come say hello, but I saw you at the zoo. And one young lady, my favorite of the bunch in particular, said to me, Catherine, I saw you at the zoo. Your skin is incredible. Your skin is luminous. And a lot of people do notice that about me. I'm not getting cocky. I could hit a wall at any minute. I'm 38 years old. My skin has already taken a real nosedive since my pregnancy with Fred. It's almost like when I met Bobby, all of my, you know, sexy snare man hormones that I had left, all those little triggers, those biological animal triggers that I had left in my body were like, let's get to the front of the queue and get this man for her because they are soulmates. Not that you need a man, but I needed to be with Bobby, right? My body knew that. So my body's like, let's make her as beautiful as we can make her. Because when I met Bobby, again, in like early 2019, I believe it was, I looked so hot. I look back at photos. I'm like, what? That was that was my peak hotness. I peaked. Like the day that I met him, I just woke up that morning. I was like, I look beautiful today. And I kept that luminous beauty going for six months. <laughs> until the day of our wedding and then I started getting pregnant and as soon as that started I just started looking bad when I think of the absolute nosedive that the quality of my entire being like skin face body hair mood when I think about the nosedive all those things have taken since I married Bobby it reminds me of the time that I was booked to open for fat man scoop he is a hype man. I don't want to say he's a rapper. I mean, he mixes a lot of great music. Uh, he's a DJ. He's a DJ, Fat Man Scoop. He was playing the Soho House Festival in London, and I was booked to open for him. And you guys know how passionate I am about hip-hop, grime, everything else. I was like, I cannot wait. And I love a lot of Fat Man Scoop tracks, you know? 
So I said, yes, I'm going to do comedy, by the way. It wasn't I was it wasn't DJing to open for him. It was a little bit of comedy just to bring him on stage, get the crowd ready. And then Fat Man Scoop would play his set. I was really excited. I spent so much time like planning my outfit, thinking about how it was going to go. I arrived early, walked around the festival trying to get the vibe. And I was waiting at the side of the stage before my allotted start time. And Fat Man Scoop was nowhere to be found. And they're like, oh, well, he should be here. You know, he's meant to go on stage any minute. Well, where is he? Well, we have to wait for he, for him to arrive, Catherine, before we can send you on because we need to know that he's waiting in the wings. Then you can do your set, open for Fat Man Scoop, do your tight 10 minutes or whatever I was allotted, and then he will take the stage. So we waited and waited and waited. Finally, Fat Man Scoop appears. I was like, yes, there he is. Such a fan of all of this genre of late 90s early 2000s music anyone my age probably feels the same and he looked at me and he said uh you're opening for me no 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 that's okay I'll do it myself and he took the microphone and he went out onto an empty stage where there was no audience really gathered yet and he just said into the microphone come to the front 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 this went on for a long time i am sparing you the length that it went on for come to the front and as he did that lots of people's ears perked up around the soho house festival i mean it's not something that they're used to hearing they're overeating their lobster drinking their champagne it was a beautiful festival in waterloo park in highgate by the way if you know it and they they started gathering and before i knew it the entire audience in front of the stage was heaving with people. It was the greatest opening act that I'd ever seen. Fat Man Scoop, pretty much a hype man, was his own best hype man. I had crafted jokes, material, a set that I thought would go down really well with this crowd. I thought, I'll deliver it. It'll be amazing. And then Fat Man Scoop will come on. Everyone will have had a good laugh. I will have gathered a great crowd for him and he'll have a great set and he'll say to me afterwards, thank you for opening for me, Catherine. Maybe we should tour together. But no, all of my weeks of planning were blown out of the water by come to the front, come to the front. So when I think about whatever cellular transformation happened in my face to snare Bobby K, whatever made me look plump, radiant, glowing, beautiful when I met him. I just think about all my estrogen saying, hey, other estrogen, come to the front, come to the front, come to the front. And then it did. And then it started dwindling. So I'm going to call my sister Carrie, a professional esthetician, licensed, practicing on all the most beautiful faces in the greater Toronto area. And I'm going to talk to her about skincare because like I said before, a lot of you that you do notice that I still have pretty good skin. And I'm very grateful. And you say, drop your skincare routine. Well, I kind of don't really have one, but I thought we'll get the tips as the weather gets warmer. We'll get the tips from Carrie because it's important when the sun comes out more than ever for us to look after our skin. I'm going to get Carrie on the phone now. Hello. Hello. Come to the front. Come to the front. Did I ever tell you that story? No. Oh, you can listen back on the podcast. Thank you for making the time for me today. I know I texted you earlier in the car while I was en route back from my intralipids treatment. Do you know that I wore these like red designer shoes that look like slippers to a fancy doctor's office in central London, even though 
they were the exact shoes that got me not let in to a friend's birthday dinner at a belly dancing club because the bouncer said they were the ugliest shoes he'd ever seen in his life and I could not come in wearing them. Imagine a bouncer critiquing your style. He did. He was like, I'm sorry, like I wear nicer stuff than that to bed. And I was like, well, so do I. But here I am wearing these comfortable slippers because it's my friend's birthday and he wouldn't let me in. But he let in her nine-year-old daughter right in front of me, but not me. That's actually so funny. I know. You know what? If I, if I can't get into a place, I wouldn't even argue. I'd be like, it's not the place I want to go to anyway. That's exactly what happened. I really didn't want to be there. And I got to go to the pub with Bobby and have a gin and tonic instead and play that cards. That sounds way better. It was great. That sounds – cards – are the bee's knees. You know how I feel about card games. I do know how you feel about card games. And I also know how passionate you are about skincare, which suits me very well, because today I have a little bit of a sponsorship from PayPal. Did you get the PayPal funds that I sent you the other day, by the way? I did. Thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. I love using PayPal. But I thought for the rest of the episode, out of respect, it would be best for me not to be controversial or swear. So I thought, well, what do I take an interest in that isn't controversial or have swearing involved? Skincare. Skincare is very controversial. Is it? Yeah. People are like, well, I read that you do this. And I'm like, I saw from an Instagram model that you do this. I'm like, (laughs) what? What are the top controversial skincare like blunders that people come to you with that you would not recommend? People misuse vitamin C so constantly that it drives me up the wall. I think that vitamin C is like a huge thing that's just, it's a hype ingredient that they put into things. Um, There's just certain products that I really don't like that they chemically don't make sense together and it drives me up the wall. So to give someone a science class every time they come in makes me sound like a rude person, but I really just want to educate people that's my goal is just to educate people what else what about if you didn't educate them what about if you just said no don't use vitamin c it's a hype ingredient i don't want to get into the science of it just trust me and don't use it would that be enough because vitamin c is a fantastic ingredient if used correctly well i use vitamin c on like a bare face in the morning that's how you're supposed to use it yes so you do not agree with people using it mixed in with a moisturizer at night because why the vitamin C can't escape the moisturizer? Well, because vitamin C is water soluble, so there can't be any oils in it in order to do anything. It only penetrates your skin at a pH of 3.5. Generally, you want your moisturizer to be pH balanced, which means about 5.5. And um, there's a couple other things like L-absorbic acid is the only form of vitamin C that penetrates through your skin. And... That is available in like fancy vitamin C creams. It's not not a cream. Um, it's a serum. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But, <laughs> this is just funny. Uh, yeah, fancy ones. There are great ones out there. Okay, so use a vitamin C serum on a clean, bare face only if it has L-absorbic acid only in the morning. Yes. Um, what other blenders do people come in with? Stuff that you see a lot that you really hate. Uh, ooh, acne skin prones not moisturizing. And they don't moisturize, I suppose, because they feel like they need to dry their acne out. Yeah, that's and that's a huge misconception. And that's kind of what I thought I was supposed to do before I was in the industry. Why should you not dry acne out? 
well, again, back to my science class. You know how in grade four we do this, like, science project? I swear everyone did it in grade four, maybe younger. But you take a beaker and you pour water and oil in it and you watch the them separate. And the oil goes to the surface and there's a little bit of meniscus going on, right? Right. So think of every single pore on your skin as that beaker. So what happens is you really want to have an oil-free moisturizer or hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid is great. One hyaluronic acid molecule can hold up to a 1,000 water molecules. It's awesome for hydrating the skin. But you want that water, you want that hydration in order to lift that oil out of the skin. So you really just need a water-to-oil balance. And again, like think of that beaker with the water and oil separating. If you don't have hydration in your skin and you're just drying it out, that oil is going to get stuck in there and we're not even going to be able to extract it. Talk to me about derma rollers at home. Derma rollers at home, in my experience, I have seen more scarring and tissue damage from your at-home usage than I have improvement. Um, Any darker skin type, so anything that has melanin, not us, Um, they're really prone to what's called post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So if they're rolling and it's not 100% perpendicular with the skin, they can cause um, tissue scarring, which can cause post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation and darker spots. It kind of looks a little red on your and my skin, but it generally fades away a lot more quickly. Um, And then tissue damage. So you can cause like scarring underneath the skin if that needle's not 100% perpendicular. And I just don't think everyone's sterilizing everything properly before they're putting it on their skin yeah it's kind of sick for people who don't know what derma rollers are it's like a bunch of little needles on a roller that uh is on like an axis on a stick and you just roll it along your face if you've seen commercials if you don't use one yourself and to keep that by the toilet baffles me like why is that in your grotty 90s makeup bag those are the top ones that i can think of off the top of my head Ooh, i hate it when people think botox is filler Ooh. i hate it when people That's think botox is filler Tell me the difference in a clear, succinct way for the people who just don't get the message. How is Botox different to filler? Okay. Botox is a type A neuromodulator. It's injected into the muscle group in order to cause paralysis, so you can't make that specific movement. Two types of lines, dynamic and static. Dynamic is only there when we're making a movement. So essentially what we're doing, we're injecting the Botox into a muscle, so it's not going to plump anything, it's not going to fill anything, it's injected in the muscle, so you don't make that movement, so you don't get the lines. Right. Filler is injected to plump something, or to add contour, or to add volume. Botox does not add volume. And yet, every time I post a photo, people will say, look at all the Botox she's had to plump her cheeks and lips. And I don't care about the harassment. I just care about the factual inaccuracies. So thank you for clearing that up. All right. Thank you also for telling me the pet hates. When we come back, I'm going to ask you some more things about how to get the perfect glowing summer skin because it's getting really hot. I know in Canada it's still cold, but we're having 20 degree heat, sunshine in London every day. Please come soon. But first, a very special message from our personal friends at PayPal. Listeners of Telling Everybody Everything, I have a big treat for you today because I don't normally have guests. I don't have a lot of friends, but today I have a very important guest in Candice Brathwaite. She is a PayPal ambassador. You probably already know her as an author, journalist, TV presenter, mother, woman, advocate, matriarch of a thriving black 
British family. We're both here because we're getting paid and we're both audacious and we both love money and we want you to make the most of your money too. So let's dive straight right in. What is one thing that you would tell someone that would make them ready for anything when it comes to money? GVM. When I was growing up, my mum would always be like, have you got your GVM? And that's your get vex money. So say you're out with someone and you don't want to be out with them. Do you have your GVM? Do you have enough cash to exit a bad situation? And I feel like that's such a good thing to pass on to anyone. But in the world we're still living in, especially women who have to go on a date with a trash guy or whatever, do you have enough cash to see yourself out of this situation? (laughs) I can't tell you how relevant this is in my life right now so I've always got GVM what a clever way to put it Mm -hmm. I have a girlfriend she's not been lucky in love before she makes some truly trash decisions she um, found herself in a dire situation where she met someone online she went to New York he held all the cards he put her up in a hotel clearly he had a secret family or not so secret family and my friend was his dirty little secret on the side And she had no GVM. So this turned very bad, this date. And the rest of us, we had to rally round and get her a plane ticket back to where she lived because of the lack of GVM. But I think it doesn't have to be tons and tons of money, but just enough to get yourself out of a sticky situation would really help. What do you wish you knew then about money that you know now? Money is the source of a lot of strain in relationships. It Mm -hmm. is the cause of a lot of anxiety, the reason people can't sleep at night, because you'll be doing that horrible thing that I think a lot of women are guilty of is going online late at night and buying something cheap and tacky just to make yourself feel better for a moment. My nan always said, you buy cheap, you buy twice. And I'm like, oh, that is such good advice. I'm now, I try to save for the better quality thing because buying that cheap thing for that dopamine kick or whatever that feeling is, it's not a great place to be. Like, but I know a lot of people do that, like you said, just to feel good in the moment. And it's like, oh, babe, don't do that. Do not stalk your ex's social media. You might accidentally like a photo. Do not. (laughs) Shop online late at night when you know that you don't need that little trash item. And I think the better that we feel about ourselves, the better choices with money that we'll be making. I love what you said about your your Nana's advice is that buy cheap and buy twice. I mm. definitely, when I was younger, it made me feel better just to have something new or look mm-hmm. impressive And all that I could afford was fast fashion or Mm -hmm. things that wouldn't last, but I still would buy them. And I would also spend too much money maybe on takeaways or just, Mm. I wasn't thinking about long-term, even long-term in terms of a top. Do you know what I mean? Forget about investing in a house because I think a lot of us, um, a lot of people will be in a position they can't even think about that. But even just thinking about Mm -hmm. investing wisely in your clothing is a great start. Mm. I wish I'd known that. Going to the top end of something is actually me investing in myself and caring about myself. So maybe waiting three months to get an outfit instead of, like you said, just buckling to fast fashion. I hate to talk about Kanye West right now because I know that he's in a really problematic place and stalking one of my personal best friends, Kim. (laughs) And I think that some of his really powerful lyrics are true about a lot of us is that you you spend too much money um, because you don't have the self-esteem, because you want to show people your self-esteem, um, and you should never, ever 
get that empowerment from from things, you know. And I think that you and I both do a lot of advocacy in empowering women specifically. Um, I know mm-hmm. that you all of your conversations are very diverse and inclusive and want to bring anyone into the money conversation. I try to do the same, especially for single moms in my work. And I think the better that we feel about ourselves, the better choices with money that we'll be making. Well, thank you so much for your time, Candice Brathwaite. You are the leader uh, of this campaign. You are PayPal ambassador because you want to see people get money, keep money, grow their money. I love that about you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) As a longtime user of PayPal, I know that when I do shop online, hopefully when I'm investing in the right pieces, not when I'm feeling low, then PayPal is the best way to do that. I don't have to give my card numbers or anything else. I hope you feel empowered and supported in your real life. You're making wise money decisions. It's easier said than done, but we're all a work in progress, aren't we? So thank you very much for this segment sponsored, brought to you by PayPal and Candice Brathwaite. You can discover more at paypal.com UK, over 18s only. And you must have a PayPal account to send and receive money. Carrie, a lot of people are reaching out to me. It's happened all my life, and I know it's gonna start happening less soon because I have the dynamic lens that you mentioned before, and I feel like those are gonna go static anytime now. But why do you think my skin happens to be so beautiful. Am I, cause I don't think I'm doing anything special. There's definitely genetics associated with it. Some people are just always going to have acne prone skin. You have a very normal skin type, means you're not too oily, you're not too dry, just the perfect amount of oil to water balance in your skin. You also naturally have a lot of collagen and some people don't have a lot of collagen. It is what it is. Um, I will say that any hormonal issues like PCOS or endometriosis, anything that gives you a high level of estrogen, when your estrogen levels are higher, it actually makes your sebaceous, your oil glands produce more oil. So that's why a lot of people get hormonal acne before their cycle or around their cycle or particularly if they have endo. Oh. All right, so there are certain things that you just can't do. You have to work with what nature gave you. Similarly, uh, one time I thought that I deserved Kylie Jenner's heart-shaped, almost square jawline. And so I went somewhere and had a bunch of filler, aforementioned filler, (laughs) injected along my jawline. And it actually didn't work for me. You cannot go too far away from what Mother Nature gave you. I just looked... Like I had like a really weird fat square Lego head and then I kind of kind of like morphed into jowls and I had to wait almost three years for that to fully dissolve. It was sad times. Why didn't you just get it dissolved? It can't, it couldn't be dissolved. It wasn't hyaluronic acid. It was something else. Brutal. Well, because whatever filler it was, and I do have the name of it written down somewhere because I did ask, but it is a more structured one, so it's not soft for lips. It's more for jawline contouring, you know? Yeah, but there's different hyaluronic acid fillers that are more structured as well that you would use for that. Well, anyway. what I used was not that, and I paid the price. Similarly to when I got silicone injected in my lips in my early 20s and paid the price. <laughs> you didn't know what that was, though. That was just a shoddy basement cat apartment. Cat apartment. It was a rabbit. <laughs> Um, so I feel like this is my skincare routine and that way people will have it if they want to try to emulate it and do whatever they can do with, uh, their own version of it at home, bearing in mind that I don't have 
hormone imbalances. I don't have some of these factors that are going to impact your skin that you spoke about. I say that I drink a lot of water, but I lie. And I exist purely on alcohol and caffeine. Mm -hmm. But I say I drink a lot of water. I don't eat any bread. I eat very little red meat, pork. I try to keep it to chicken fish, fruits, vegetables. Cheese is a problem for me. I can't quit cheese, but I don't drink milk. I don't have a lot of sugars. I'm pretty good that way. In the morning, I always wash my face. And most days that I'm not doing a show, I don't wear makeup. When I remember to, I put sunscreen on, especially in the summer. Like now for the next few months, I will have sunscreen on my face every day. SPF 40. Is this good? Do you reapply every two hours? If I'm outside, yes. Or less. Yes. Great. Okay. Fantastic. What's like a minimum sounds, SPF? Sounds like a good routine. Minimum routine to me is, I'm not even including sunscreen in this because sunscreens, I don't include sunscreen in routine. It's just Wait, I'm not done life. with my routine if we're doing the whole routine. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Keep going. Because I like to mix it up. So in the morning, I don't really have time for myself. I just wash my face, do the sunscreen after my shower, and then I'll maybe put a moisturizer on like after the sunscreen if I feel like being really moist. If it's winter, I don't use a sunscreen. Should I use a sunscreen in the winter? A hundred percent. Yeah. UV rays outside. Right. I don't and do that. UV rays have the ability to go through a window. God's sake. Well, I live in the UK and I don't do that. And then at night, if I have had makeup on that day, then I always take it off using only micellar water. I googled, why does micellar water work? Not how. Why does micellar water work about midnight the other night? And it said that it has molecules in it that trap the oil and dirt and makeup and just lift it off your face. Cool, huh? Bet you didn't know that. I'm a huge fan of visceral water. Me too. I do I do a pre-cleanse and then I use visceral water. Mm. Um, and it does just help take off that like excessive makeup or dirt and oil that the cleanser's not necessarily taking out for you. It's amazing. And I used to use those pre-ready wipes, sort of like baby wipes, but for your face. And I used one the other day because I didn't have access to micellar water and I was in the car on the way home from work. And it genuinely burned my face. It was awful. They're horrible. I hate those. And you know what else? I hate toner. Oh. Totally against toner. Why? I don't believe in it. Because toner was invented like back in the day when people were using soap and water on their skin before we had pH balanced cleansers. And so the toner, the, the main goal of the toner was to balance the pH of your skin after cleansing. And now you don't really need to do it. It's just kind of an extra step. I usually tell people if you really want to use a toner and if your, your skin's improving from a toner, there's two, two things. Either it doesn't have, it has a missing ingredient like uh, HA or BHA that your cleanser doesn't have which can, some people can only use that on oily parts like their T-zone. So that's fine if you're using it for that. Um, or people just aren't washing their makeup off properly. And so the toner is helping take their makeup off. So I say, save the money, get the mistral water. Oh, I felt like toner was an astringent, like a hand sanitizer for your face. No, it's just, it's supposed to balance the pH of your skin. Okay. And then at night... Even uh, though it's summer, I know you shouldn't do this when there's going to be a lot of sun out, but I use a retinol or other type of vitamin A acid on my face. I use uh, one called Differin, which is prescription. I use that sometimes Mm -hmm. at night because I am told it encourages cellular turnover. Yes? Yes, it does. And that's pretty much all I do. And I moisturize and moisturize. And that's it. How's that? 
That's all I tell people to do. The three most important things, like cleanse, obviously. Make sure you're taking off dirt, oil, debris, bacteria from your skin. Vitamin C in the day, moisturizer, SPF. At night, I wouldn't suggest using a a strong retinol or tretinoin or vitamin A at night all the time. I mean, you can get away with using it every other day or two to three times a week, depending on how you're building it, because it's not tolerable to everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the nights that you're not using your retinol, you can use a glycolic acid or a salicylic acid, depending on your skin concern. And then moisturizer, three steps during the day, three steps at night. And that's it. And all the rest is just like decor. It's not necessary. It depends on your main skin concerns, right? Like if you're super dehydrated, yes, add a hydrating gel before you're putting on a moisturizer. That's again, water mo- It's going to help your skin hold water molecules. So yeah, add that in. But the three basics are there. Once you have those basics, then you can add in the more corrective stuff based on your skin's concerns and needs. And what do you think if people could only take one top tip for having beautiful summer skin? Hashtag Hot Girl Summer. What do you feel that they should do? Hydration and SPF. I said one. Okay, well, fine. Then I'm not including SPF because that's a given. Hydration. (laughs) Hydration, assuming you live in a cave. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, love you. Love you, bye. Bye. Oh my goodness. Carrie Ryan, a guest. Also, Candice Brathwaite, a guest. Two guests on Telling Everybody Everything. It hardly ever happens. Well, it's actually nearly three guests because I'm in the car with my tour manager, Annie, who will not really be participating because she's navigating the M25. I've spoken about Annie before. Annie is a listener of the podcast. She and I have actually been listening to a really great book. It's called Holly Madison Through the Rabbit Hole, and it's about the Hugh Hefner's lead girlfriend when they had the reality series at the Playboy Mansion, Girls of the Playboy Mansion, or if you live in North America like me, it was called Girls Next Door. I thought it was tremendous, genuinely. Uh, I'm listening to it with Annie, and I think, unless you've been cheating on me, Annie, and getting ahead. Definitely not. Great. Never cheat on you. Then we have a bit more to listen to on the way home. Of course, I'll be in the back seat with a gin and tonic by then. Just kidding. I'm behaving myself. Annie, do you know that I actually had red wine last night? <gasps> Where from? I you have cheated on me. I have cheated on you. I just uh, felt like I need red wine back in my life. Uh, spoiler alert, I didn't really like it. I had a glass and a half, and it really packs a punch. <laughs> Carrie and I didn't speak about one medicinal, magical ingredient that she's told me about, horse chestnut. Some of the listeners might know, unless you skip this episode uh, mercifully, that I got a hemorrhoid for the first time in my life, and I felt very sad about that because... You know the reputation that I have to uphold in the aesthetic bum area. You know, it's not ideal for me to have a hemorrhoid. I still don't know where it's come from, but it's gone now. And Carrie helped me not just with skincare advice, but actually this comes from the world of skincare. She said to me, take horse chestnut pills. Horse chestnut, I said, what is that? It's a type of chestnut and apparently it's very good for vascular health. Vascular meaning your veins. Carrie tells people to take this when they have varicose veins that they can't get rid of. If you're new to the world, varicose veins are when you can see through like little blue veins in your legs usually, or I don't know, maybe your arms, maybe your face. Who knows where you're getting varicose veins? But she said horse chestnut gets rid of it. And she said her clients always come back and thank her because they were going to do really expensive procedures, get injections, get laser, this and this, injections, lasers, this and that. But horse chestnut gets rid of it. And maybe my hemorrhoid was on the way out regardless of intervention, but I took horse chestnut and I mean, it didn't hurt me. I say, I say, try horse chestnut. 
It's not going to disappoint you. Another thing that we watched this week, Annie, tell me if you have stumbled upon this on a streaming service. It is an entire show dedicated to things that look like not cake, but it's made of cake. It is a runaway hit, a lot like The Masked Singer, where families are watching this together. It's just fun to watch and guess. But I sort of have a phobia. I don't know if this is a a known diagnosed phobia. And I don't want to pathologize just a random disdain that I have for something in the world. But I personally hate it when cake doesn't look like cake. And there has been a trend online of, oh my gosh, is this a hand or is it cake? Oh my gosh, is this your heating bill or is it cake? Is this like a hamburger or is it cake? I hate that. I need tacos to look like tacos and I need hands to look like hands and feet. And I don't understand why anyone would want to eat a cake that convincingly looks like a wrench or a toothpaste or a foot. I don't get it. I, it baffles me. There are parts of human fascination and interactions that I just will never get my head around. And cake that doesn't look like cake is one of them. So there is a show called, I think it's called that's not cake or is that cake or it's not cake. I don't know the name of the show. I hope I never see the show again. And it's dedicated to the guessing game of, you know, they'll have five hamburgers on a podium and they have celebrity guests to go, hey, celebrity guests, which one of these is cake? And they have to look from a bit of a distance at this podium of burgers and they go, oh, I don't know. I think number three might be a cake. Oh, I think number six might be a cake, whatever. And then if they guess correctly, they win. I don't know what they win. They win nothing. But if they guess incorrectly, uh, then at the end, oh, I do know what they win. If they guess the cake, then they get to eat some cake. That's it. That's the show. It's like, yes, you're right. This one is a burger that isn't a burger. It's actually a funfetti cake. Have a bite of it. And that's the show. And presumably they get paid as well. But kids love this show. I've already slagged it off on social media and everyone's messaging me. No, no, that's my seven-year-old's favorite show. And I do get it because we sat around Bobby, Violet, and me last night, and we watched this show, and it is fun to guess things as a family. I mean, when we were growing up, we'd be watching Jeopardy, you know, guessing actual trivia, things we needed to know. I don't really know what type of a skill in life it is to look at six party hats and have to guess which one of them is cake, but uh, this is a brand new world. Things don't look like cake, and they're cake. You never know out there anymore what's cake and what isn't cake. And they've capitalized on this online meme, the trend, and they've made it a whole TV show. They have different bakers on. And you wouldn't believe how many bakers across the world, actually, because they weren't even all American, are like, yeah, I specialize in making things that don't look like cake out of cake. What? This is why diabetes is an epidemic in America and is spreading around the rest of the world. Everything's cake now. Your house is made of cake. Your car's cake. Your children are cake. It's all cake. But if you're looking for a fun show to watch with the family, I mean, maybe you will like it. If you don't have the phobia that I have, and I don't even know where it comes from, why am I so upset about it? A key to winning the show, by the way, because they made this like croissant breakfast egg sandwich. I mean, it is amazing to watch the skills that they used. They make lettuce, like convincing looking bacon and lettuce out of rice paper. And this guy made tacos that looked really very real like tacos. I don't know how delicious it would be, but the celebrities seem to be enjoying it. Who knows? The key to winning the show is not to make your cake look too perfect as the thing that it isn't. 
So the lady who made, spoiler alert, the croissant sandwich, they held it up against six or five other real croissant sandwiches. And the judges were able to guess that hers was cake because it looked too much like the thing that it was supposed to look like. And the real ones were a little bit melted or squished or asymmetrical. They weren't perfect. So it's so crazy. Like the name of the game is to make something look like something, but it's made of cake, but you don't want it to look too much like something more than the actual things look like it. I just get lost in a vortex of what the hell with this show. And now a telling everybody everything first time exclusive. We are giving advice from different parts of the M25 advice on the go. Annie, this is so exciting. If you feel like you have some advice, feel free to chime in. But oh, as always, safety first, eyes on the road. This is a sponsored episode and we can't swear. I don't think. I didn't ask. I just feel like it's respectful. I swear for a sponsored episode. All right, Catherine, how do I stop being angry at my, oh, there's a swear word. My swear word, X. You can fill in the blank. Whatever swear word you would apply to your ex, this person has applied to their ex. Is there such a thing as closure? SOS from a confused girl in her 20s. Well, your 20s is defined by being confused, so don't worry about that. Catherine, here's some background. I'm 23, and I was with my ex for two years until he broke up with me at the end of November. It took me by surprise, but deep down, I knew it was for the best. So when 11 days later, he sent me a text message saying he made a mistake, he would love me forever, and begged me to meet and talk with him, I replied saying I actually needed some time to think about that. A week later, I said we could talk. And then he replied with, thanks, but I'm okay. Like, what? Anyway, even though it was hard, I never replied, and I started to heal from the breakup. Okay, so if I can just explain this first paragraph. Anytime you do the breaking up with somebody or they break up with you, it doesn't really matter which side of the fence you're on. If it's the right thing, I think you both feel a certain peace about it. You're like, yeah. And then a few days pass and you start to panic because your equilibrium has been disrupted and you go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, maybe that was the best that I could ever do. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. And I think many people backtrack after this initial 11 days that you describe and they'll get back in touch and go, just kidding. I'll love you forever. I feel so alone. What did I do? And you then gave him some more time before replying, all right, let's talk. But by then, this little panic of his was gone because he's in his 20s and time moves very quickly when you're young, I guess. Um, If you broke up with someone who wasn't right for you, you might panic after 11 days as well and then realize, oh, no, it's better that he didn't text me right back because it should be done. So that's probably what happened there, I think. But, uh uh-oh, a couple weeks ago, I finally had my university graduation delayed due to the vid. I saw him there for the first time since the breakup with a new girlfriend. This new girl was a new friend of his that he had made in October. Hang on, we're all doing the math. That's a month before you split. And at the time, their friendship did make me feel a bit uneasy, but I decided to trust him. After all, I have guy friends and wrote off my gut feeling as me being silly and jealous. Also, before I even saw them together, I knew something was up because he made a sex playlist on his Spotify, which is public, and that is so gross. Oh, so you haven't been talking to him, but you've been like creeping his public Spotify playlist and he made like a slow jams album for sex. Good for him. 
Seeing him with his new girlfriend has upset me more than I expected. I feel like I'm back to square one after the breakup and I don't know what to do. I mostly feel angry. He really hurt me the way he handled the breakup and looking back on the relationship now, he wasn't great at listening to me or acknowledging my feelings. It also just feels so unfair that he was the one who broke my heart and I'm still hurting, but it only took like two months for him to get with someone new. This isn't the first time something like this has happened to me and I hate to think that I am so replaceable. Because the breakup blindsided me, I never got to tell him about all these feelings. Part of me wants to talk to him just to let it all out and let him know how shitty he was and how he hurt me. Basically, I want him to feel bad, but I don't know whether talking to him will actually help. You don't know whether talking to him is... Talking to him... Babe, talking to him is the worst use of your time in your whole life. He does not need to know that you feel these things. He's the last person who should know that you feel these things. It certainly will not help. It will give him a reason to say that you're crazy or you still love him. And he might, you know, there's a very low chance that he'll take in anything that you say. You're never going to get what you want from this confession. You're not going to get an apology. You're not, he, the last thing on the universe that would ever happen is he'd go, oh, you know, I was kind of shitty. So let's get back into that relationship now. Let's jump back in. He won't feel bad. He will feel vindicated. He'll go, oh, I'm so glad I broke up with her because, look, she's still yelling at me because he's a 20-something-year-old man. Do you know what I mean? It's very unlikely that he'll be sensitive to your feelings. And even if he was, even if he was like the nicest, most sensitive guy in the world, he doesn't need to know that he hurt you. you. Once something's done, it's just done. You never go back to be like, I want you to know how shitty you are. You never, ever need to do that because it achieves nothing. Um, as for this not being the first time it's happened to you, I understand how you feel. You feel replaceable and you feel like maybe he wasted your time and you feel used and discarded. And that's a bad feeling, but those feelings have nothing to do with him anymore. You cannot present all those feelings to him. This is for you to do some self-reflection, square away. And it doesn't mean you did anything wrong. It's just you have to own those feelings now and figure out how to move on from them. And it does not involve yelling at him or offloading at all and you want him to feel bad why do you know what i mean harboring resentment for someone else is like drinking poison and wishing they would die who cares how he feels i broke up with an ex who was a monster and i remember thinking like i don't care what happens to him i don't care if he becomes president of the united states i don't care if he becomes the biggest movie star in the world i don't care if he gets hit by a bus i didn't care either way i just was full apathy um ideally everyone has a nice life and you know, you don't need that karma in yours. Oh gosh. I can picture it now. He'll say, sorry, he never meant to hurt me. And I'll still feel the same because nothing he says can change what had happened true. I don't know how else to deal with these feelings and just waiting for time to heal is so frustrated. Will talking to him bring me closure? No, I'm sorry. All that will bring you closure is time. Uh, that time will come a lot sooner than you think. Going out with your girlfriends, maybe get some therapy if you can. Talk to people like me. Talk to people like your parents. This boy down the road will be a blip on the radar of your relationships. I hate to tell you, but you're going to get hurt a lot worse. <laughs> um, and you're going to have some lovely times with people too. So just try to keep it in perspective. You're going to be alive for 100 years. Currently, you're only 20-something. This guy might have behaved badly, moved on too quickly, but that has nothing to do with you. That's just 
people want to cover up their feelings with more people, you know, a new relationship. And if he cheated on you or had feelings for this girl, like, oh, well, then you're glad to be rid of him. It's even, it's great news, actually. It's like, oh, good. I'm not with him anymore. This is how he was. It's easier said than done, I know. Annie, would you agree? Definitely. 100%. Never look back, only look forward. Yes. And like, you know, Annie, for example, is my friend. If she had an ex that hurt her, then I might have something to say about it. I might harbor resentment at that man for years. I might hunt him down. I might jump out of the bushes and, and get him when he least suspects it, waiting, watching, waiting for my chance. He'll never be free from my uh, my wrath. But <laughs> she herself would never go back, doesn't think about him for an instant. That's how it works. Get one of your friends to like make a voodoo doll because you don't need the bad juju, bad karma in your life. You just got to move forward. Catherine, I found something crazy when snooping. Catherine, something has come over me to email my snooping story after your last listener email uh, about the woman finding the pictures in her boyfriend's wallet. My ex was a terrible person. We were on and off for years. He was always overprotective of his phone and changed the passcode every few days so I wouldn't know it. One day he forgot to take it with him to the bathroom. I went through his phone. I was crazy paranoid as he'd given me an STD after telling me he'd been tested and was clear when we first slept together. He was always working, quote unquote, with his uncle or not up to hanging out. I found lots on his phone about threesomes, telling other girls he loved them, calling them baby and making out that he's been single for years. I broke it off and I never looked back. My new partner has never given me any indication of disloyalty or cheating, and I've never felt like he wanted anyone but me. Unfortunately, my insecurity and trauma from years of being gaslit has come in a neat little package over to this relationship. Even after so long with this new man, I'm still trying to let go of my insecurity and paranoia. The first few years, I did go through his phone a few times and found nothing, and one day he caught me. I was so apologetic, but he understood and offered to give me his phone whenever I wanted so I didn't feel like he was hiding anything. I didn't feel the, ne the need to look for a long time after that. Until one day he told me, I've got birthday stuff on my phone for you, so don't look. He was serious, and the paranoia demon started screaming at me that something was wrong, as he'd never said that before about any other birthdays. I'd gained lots of weight, and I felt the worst I'd ever felt about my body, so my head spun with thoughts of other women, and he didn't want me anymore. A few days later, he left his phone in my car by accident. I couldn't help it. After a lengthy internal battle, I looked through everything messages, WhatsApp, Facebook, even his internet history. And I did find something, a message from my best friend. It's arrived. She's going to love it. You get a, did a great job picking it out. I can't believe in two weeks, my bestie is getting engaged. They had planned the surprise together. And by snooping on my loyal and wonderful partner, I ruined my own engagement surprise. Neither of them knows this and it would absolutely crush them to find out. So please don't use my name. Just call me the dumb snooping woman who learned her lesson the hard way. Well, yeah. They should never know that you found that. You need to act surprised in two weeks. Be like, oh my gosh. But equally, maybe it's good to know about your engagement surprise ahead of time. I don't, especially if it's public. I really don't like when people propose in public like a big thing where you're pressurized to say yes. It sounds like you really love this partner and you're going to marry them. But I mean, 
I've seen, oh gosh, my least favorite one, I think, was a woman was running a marathon and she hadn't even finished the race. And the guy like jumped over the barrier, interrupted the race, got down on one knee and asked her to marry him. And she was really happy, like, oh yeah, thanks. But that entire, and everyone thinks it's a beautiful gesture. Like, that's so romantic. It went viral and all the comments were like, what a great guy. And I was like, pardon me. I'm sure she trained for this marathon. She wanted to achieve some type of personal best in the race. I think that is a big metaphor for a watch out because nothing that you're interested in means more to you than my uh, narcissism. And also if it's in public, it's really difficult to say no. I I know, I know he was planning a lovely engagement surprise. Don't feel bad about it. You are a snoopy person. You have trauma. You need to find things out. Hopefully you've learned your lesson and you won't snoop from here on in, but you snooped this time and oh well, because now you get to really plan ahead for that day. You need to make sure that your nails are done because you know you're gonna be taking photos of the ring and there's nothing worse than chipped polish with an engagement ring uploaded to social media forever. You can have your hair and makeup done, a bikini wax if you're that kind of person. Do you know what I mean? You can have the perfect outfit. You, I don't think it hurts to ruin your own engagement surprise. No harm, no foul. Just definitely don't let them know that you found out. And yes, let this be a lesson to other people that not every man is cheating. Only 95% of them. I know that people are hanging on for answers. Last week, I told a story in my own life about a posh wank that had allegedly happened in my one of my previous relationships because people were writing in about lies they had been told by partners. Posh wank was up there. A lot of guys were cheating. They were finding a, a protection. I can say the word condom. Women were finding these around used condoms and the excuse was, oh, I had a posh wank. You wouldn't know anything about posh wanks. I put it to the listeners. I said, are posh wanks a thing? And to my surprise, an overwhelming response of men and women alike and allies of men, people telling me, yes, yes, yes. So to summarize all of these responses, I don't think most people will go out and purchase condoms for the purpose of having a posh wank, but if they're about to expire or if they are around, or if you're in a situation where I don't know, I don't, I, I'm still trying to figure out uh, people and their behavior, but they will from time to time use a condom for a posh wank. Did you know this, Annie? No, see, we don't know about the posh wanks. And some people call them executive wanks, which I prefer as a term, I feel like. That to me feels like it's happening in a corner office, you know? Uh, But they're a thing, they're absolutely a thing. Now, do not let that cloud your judgment. When you know that someone has cheated on you, you know that someone has cheated on you. So if there's a philandering prick in your life who is a bad person and your intuition tells you he cheated, do not accept the posh wank excuse. But equally, if you happen to be in a loving relationship, don't go through bins would be my number one advice. But if you happen to find a used condom, it is very plausible that the person in your life was having an executive wank. That happens, yes. So many emails confirming this happens. Or the men have just organized themselves so well, I think this is very unlikely by the way, that they all have a pact worldwide that they're like, look, if any one of us ever gets caught with a used condom from cheating, we all say that we have posh wanks. Understand? Like this this agreement is made in preschool. Men everywhere have this secret handshake where they're like, of course we have executive wanks. But anyway, according to the listeners of Telling Everybody Everything, who are mostly good people, 
uh, Poshwinks exist. So let's try to trust each other. Let's please try to look after each other. Um, let's try to use very little latex because I feel like it might end up in the ocean. Let's try to be climate aware, all right? Um, but if you if you uh, want to tell me about something that I might not otherwise have known, I was very appreciative to learn about Poshwinks. I want to know everything. I want to tell everybody everything. I want everyone to tell me everything. So you can email me, telling everybody everything at gmail.com. I hope you're all looking after each other. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com